0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Pop Culture Podcast. Tyson Popplestone here. Glad to have you here. Today on the show, we are joined by Bert Gershida coming at us from Bend, Oregon in the United States of America. Now, Bert is, for lack of a better term, I guess you call him a life coach, but he's more than that. He's a psychologist, he's a therapist, and he's worked with people from all walks of life, life, but... With a particular focus on athletes which is where we got in touch with each other now bert's got a beautiful take on uh, all things life whether it is sport or whether it's just trying to get your mindset back on track and he's a great guy just to to, to pick his brain about these things so he's 76 years old and i often tell him that he's the most joyful happy uh, optimistic 76 year old bloke that i've ever met before and uh, i don't think it comes as a surprise it's something that he's well trained in something that he practices regularly and something that we get into in a bit more detail throughout the course of this conversation. So, really hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Welcome back to the show for the second time, Bert Gershida. So, what are you going to tell us, tough guys? My usual zero, nothing.
1: Let me just tell you about a, a theme, okay, that I'm aware of. It's today's four thirty, my time uh, in the afternoon. And the first. Person that I was with today on a Zoom call was my um, seventh grade English teacher who's 90 years old now. And when I was 90, it, 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 so back then in seventh grade, somehow or another, he, he saw my basketball talent. And I was, I was, you know, probably one of the best in the class at the time. They saw it, whatever it was. And he would take me downstairs into the gym. And have me dribble the ball in between chairs and stuff like that, just because he cared about me, you know. So, like, he saw the athlete in me, and he and he was the varsity coach at the time. So, so that's one. And the person I just got off the phone with was uh, one of the very best runners in in uh, long distance runners in Canada. So that was cool. The way the work together. Is through running, you know, through running. I mean, you're a runner, and David McNeil. I met him in college, so I'm just, I'm just interested in just how this. There's themes to things that we don't always notice, but it's a beautiful theme that somehow using our bodies and trying to do the best we can with our bodies and making dedicated brings us together as a community throughout the world. And here I am, you know, in in Oregon, United States, and you're in Australia and and we're brothers, but that theme is is one of the things that has brought us together. Mm, Trying to do the best we can with the body we're given. It's
0: so true. It's so true. I mean, like you you scratch the surface of that a little bit as well, and it's interesting because I don't know how often you've noticed this in your life, but the things that I often try and work hardest at and plan don't always equate to the best results. It's sometimes – just the nature of however things work out that the the best things seem to happen. Like I could have tried to coordinate and ask questions and reach out to hundreds of people to get a bloke like you speaking wisdom into my life. But the fact is I stumbled across Dave McNeil. He mentioned your name in one podcast. We happened to do a couple. And before I knew it, I was like, oh, this seems to have worked together beautifully. It's interesting how things come together like that. I'm 36, which I guess depending on who you ask is either young or old. Uh, right, but one right. thing I've noticed in right. that thirty-six years, more than once, is uh, it's just strange how uh, the the more effort you put in doesn't always equal a, a better outcome. And I, I, I put that down to right. things like what, what you just explained as well. It's yeah, it's strange. And you've got to, you've, this is one thing I love about you. You've always had an appreciation for that. Well, the, since the last few years I've known you, you've always got the ability to pause and reflect and be grateful for those kind of things, which is. It seems like such a small thing, but I was over at the water this morning because I'd been a little bit grumpy for a number of reasons I can talk to you about. And um, when I was over there, I was like, man, isn't it funny that like I look at the actual way that my life is set up at the moment, the things I get to do with my day, the family I have, um, the daily routines. You go, on paper, that's fantastic. But like the stress of, um, well, for me, actually, exactly what we're talking about uh, of, of trying to coordinate things to work together in a particular way can still beat you up. And I was thinking, Oh, what a perfect day to speak to Bert because you seem to have developed uh, a really cool ability in your years of practicing um, to stop, appreciate things like what you just spoke about. Um, and it's, it's true. I don't know. It, it's definitely not something that comes naturally, especially as you get older is, is something I feel like I've
1: noticed. It's really cool what you just said. It does not come naturally. That's huge, isn't it? I mean, because when we can acknowledge that it does not come naturally, wow. And that's for like humankind. Like, so if we're having trouble feeling positive, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just, it doesn't come naturally. Having a negative thought, I was just studying about this, this this morning. In in my studies. A negative thought is just automatic. In fact, we get, we're bought into those. We, you know, watch the news. I'll, we'll tell you what's wrong in the world today. Right? They're, they're literally automatic. And then if, if you're sitting there, we can have 15 negative. I, I read, you know, whatever you read about it, I think anywhere between 70 and 80% of our thoughts are negative. Isn't that wild? You know? Because So it's good to know that that's just simply the way it is. And maybe it's because our lower brain, the animal brain, is there, scout, looking for danger. It's, it's, it's the one, if, I mean, if you look at an animal in your yard or wherever you see them, we have deer coming in our yard. I mean, they eat grass, but most of the time they're looking around, you know, trying to see if there's anything there, you know. And if they hear anything, boom, they're off. So as animals, we're just wired for what's wrong. The other part, you know, what's going ridiculously amazingly, we literally can take for granted. And, and it touches us in a different way. It touches different neurons. You know, it doesn't grab our body in the same way. It's a softer one. It's a more enveloping one. You know, so, yeah, when you say it doesn't come easy, I think it's a good way to sort of get into this whole thing. It doesn't come easy to, to be at peace. Yeah. It's, it's the truth with anything, isn't it? It, it is something. It 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 is
0: something. I notice with the things that I appreciate most in my life, running, um, good health, uh, strength, good family. I mean, you could literally insert anything. So I understand it on a practical level. You go, all right, well, you want to you work out. Everyone wants to be fit and healthy, but no one or very few people develop the structure of actually going to the gym, doing the work and doing that on a consistent basis and seeing the outcome. The same is true with family. The same is true with Running, which is probably the foundation that you and I have have yep. sort of built a lot of our our friendship, or at least a lot of the knowledge that you've given from me, come with running as an example. So I mm-hmm. see it, and it's it's so interesting because I know it. It's something that I've been aware of for a long time. But then when it comes to mindset, I, I go through phases, and I would say this morning, this is one thing I, I took a note. It's like, and I, I'm not upset. I'm I'm quite happy. I was just um, it, it was just, you know, when you go through you go through a phase where. Uh, I'm not sure what it is. I, it could be the fact I've got two two little kids running around and there's not much spare time. I know that plays a little part of it. And then last night, one of them was up for – little Charlie boy who you met, he was up for about four hours. So I know that doesn't help. But this morning I woke, I woke up and I was like, oh, man, I'm so grumpy this morning. That's why I went over and had a little had a little uh, swim just to hit refresh before we sat down to chat. But I, I was thinking about this when I was over there. It's like, Toss, you know that this is a situation that you can actually – develop this part of your brain but when you're in it you're like i don't i i often notice that i just go into i don't care i can't be bothered challenging i can't be bothered uh uh, coming up with any counterpoint to these automatic negative thoughts that you mentioned and it is so funny that we know the best (laughs) outcomes come when you put in the work and yet somehow and i know i'm not alone in this situation because i've had too many friends speak to me about the exact same thing somehow (laughs) when you're in it you go you know what i don't care i'm just going to be grumpy so today uh, literally half an hour before I came and sat down here with you, I was like, all right, Ty, so this is going to be a focus point of yours for the next couple of weeks. And every time you notice yourself <laughs> being a bit grumpy, because it's been a little bit too regular lately, you're going to, you're going to stop and you're going to, uh, I find cognitive behavior therapy really helpful. We just stop and challenge your thought um, and just come up with alternate storylines. Uh, and that's something that in myself, I, I noticed I've been a little bit slack with recently. So, um, yeah, you said you were studying about this or, or reading about it this morning. Like, I know it's something you put a lot of time and, and effort into, but, like, what, what was that actual routine you were doing this morning or, or the practice?
1: Well, every morning I do some spiritual studies, you know, whether that's reading, you know, sections of the Bible that's for today or people commenting on that. Just It's just how – it's kind of cool. I kind of spend my life just uh, trying to learn learn. You know, learn and then teach, you know, because the, it's hard to, you know, you, you can't separate I mean, them. And, and to try to do it. Right. And it is something. I, I was reading something, you know, in some other studies I was doing, and in, in this, this rabbi said, if you're having difficulties in your brain and you're feeling very negative and all that, just like you were talking about, and you think there's something wrong with you, that's actually very egotistical. Because everybody in the world has the same feeling, you know it's like we have we have to realize that that is it's it's just it's the it's part of the game being a human being There we have our own version of thoughts that that are negative that bring us down that tell us things aren't going to go right, that we're not right that whatever it is, and then we can give that literally. You know, too much tension. And we weren't taught, A, anytime, that those things were natural. I never learned that. Did you ever learn that? No. <laughs> no. No, you never learned that. And you know, we just weren't taught those things and, and skills to combat that. Now, you as a runner, it's one of, I think it's one of the reasons when I, when I look at that, how my connection to running happened, I think runners get the purest dose of negativity interfering with their success. Because you're out there on the run and you get exhausted. Right? And as soon as you get exhausted, then thoughts come in. It's it's built in to, to the sport, right? And then in order to become a better runner, they have to learn how to keep going, right? To not let those negative thoughts run the show. That's – and, you know, some coaches – did you have coaches who could talk to you about that, you know, yeah. that, how you manage. that? Yeah, I that? did.
0: I did. I um, I, I think it's an area that uh, – I'm not sure. I've always been fascinated by it because I've always seen exactly what you said. I noticed in the, in the more difficult part of a race it's very easy for negative voices to come in. And I also noticed there's certain athletes that, uh, whether it's before the race, mid-race, or, or post-race, especially when it's a bad race, They've got a certain capacity to frame it in a more positive way. So I always respected the athletes who were under a lot of pressure. They were expected to win. They were the favorite to win and they went out and actually won. And the reason I love that is because, especially on a big scale, is because you know what's going on under the surface is just as challenging potentially as what they're required to do physically. But mm. in saying all that, I think I had people, I had people who, who definitely. They, they sort of looked at the topic, but I don't think effort was put in uh, at the same extent as what effort was put into structuring training and things, and I, I think that was a, a shortcoming. I would say, I don't know if this is true, but I think a lot of the people that I watch run now are, are more focused on the psychological aspect of it, but I also feel Bert, that I think one of the most natural talents, like I, I always notice like a Usain Bolt um, or, a, I mean, insert a, a Jakob Ingebrigtsen, Aliad Kipchoge, that they all seem to have not just a work ethic when it comes to the mindset, but also a natural talent, which I guess is no surprise because they're the best at what they do. But mm-hmm. but even still, it's uh, even still it's something that's required to work on, and you can't. Uh, I just think it's fascinating how how closely intertwined psychology and physical p- performance are. You, you, you very rarely see an athlete stand on the start line going, oh, "I'm terrible at this. I'm no good at this," and coming out and winning. <laughs> unless they're doing it as a strategy consciously to, to relieve right. pressure. Um, but right. have you noticed right. that? Like I often notice that the best athletes in the world seem to have a more, I don't know if it's structured, but a, a bigger focus on the actual psychological part of performance.
1: And, and I think really beautifully more so now, like you were saying, like I would say that we've gotten better at it. We've learned more across the just across the globe. And ha- how do we integrate? this knowledge into everything, right? Right. How do you integrate it into your marriage? How do you integrate with raising kids? How do you literally, literally at some level, it's how not to be reactive to whatever triggers you, whether outside or inside and how not to have that reaction, run the show. And you said it earlier on, you said that I became aware of it this morning. Right, you became a, now that is huge. It's just in the very process of awareness we can breathe and go. Oh, I'm doing this, right? Without that, then we're just reacting, and all the stuff is coming in. So one of the things, so I, that's why I, I do think things are getting better on this planet. We're we're learning stuff, uh, and that's one of them whether you're in Australia or the United States or Europe or wherever we are, this learning is happening to become aware of what we're thinking. So that it becomes that that's what makes us human. We have free choice at that moment. The deer who comes into my yard does not have a free choice about what comes into its brain about fear. We're the only species that have to go, oh, there's that fear voice coming in. Do I have to listen to it? Once I noticed it Mm. and once and and I don't know the percentage of this, but nearly every one of our negative thoughts we have about ourselves or about the situation, what we do to it, minimally is unhealthy. And mostly they're just lies. You know, so once, once we get to go, oh, this stuff isn't good for me, minimally. Then I've got some choices of, of am I going to entertain it? Am I going to let it, allow it to drag me down? It's an amazing, you know, power that we're given to choose. But like you had said earlier, you know, it is, it, it, it's is—it's a discipline. It's not something that comes naturally. Negative thoughts come naturally. So, I, just for everybody who's listening to this just to just to pause and go, wow, I've got more power than I thought I had. You know, and maybe you know it already, which is great. You can teach it to other people. And I think it's one of the greatest things we can teach. You know, as a teacher, as a therapist, and as a coach and the things that I do, and you know, I just I just got off the phone with, with uh a Zoom, you know, one of the, the best runners in uh, you know in Canada. And uh it doesn't make any difference the level you're at. The battle exists.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's really true. It's really true. I like what you said about entertaining the story because it is true that a story will come into our mind. And just to use myself as an example, because it's easiest. I, I notice when I'm being lazy, it's that negative story that I do entertain. But when I'm consistent with that, uh, with those thought challenging, uh, uh, it's just like a piece of paper. I've got two columns. I've got the thought r- written down on the left. And then on the right, I'll, I'll do some like positive alternatives to that potential or to that story, because whatever's gone mm. through my head's gone through my head. And for whatever reason, in that moment, you often stop and believe it. You're like, oh yeah, that's, that's true. It is annoying that blah, blah, blah. But then you stop and you go, all right, well, what are five other more positive alternatives to that? And I notice when I'm consistent with that practice, all of a sudden, like y- your whole mindset can switch, your whole attitude towards whatever it is yeah. you're facing can switch and it is interesting. I mean, there's constantly something to be jealous or upset or frustrated about. But the the reverse of that is also true. And I've got a mate over here. His name is Nick, and he'd be nearly forty. And I think I might have told you about him before. He's a uh, I, I put him up with with you as one of the most um, positive people I've probably ever come across. He lost his daughter in a tragic accident uh, a few years ago, and. Wow. Whether it's um, just general joy, man, like here's the thing. I, I was speaking to someone at church the other day and they were saying to me, yeah, mate, because I didn't know him when it happened. But he goes, yeah, but uh, he was the kind of guy that, that in the in the literally the weeks after it happened, he was comforting people at church, letting him know that he's okay, the family's okay. And uh, wow. speaking to Nick, man, like uh, with, with possibly, like, I can't imagine a worse nightmare than losing my kid in a tragic accident like that, uh, him and his wife not only walk through it but they're the best couple in the world and i know divorce rates and things are high with things like that and i can imagine right. why like the stress that that would bring your family under but these guys just seem to be the opposite and i said to nick a while ago i was like dude like after everything you've been through you're a bloke that i probably respect more with your faith with your attitude um just with your general mindset i was like how how do you maintain this positive attitude and he goes well and these are his words. He's like, "Dude, depression's just like a self obsession," and I was like, "Oh, like, uh, explain that to me." And he goes, "Well, I don't, I don't want to just walk around thinking, oh, poor me, pity me,' blah blah blah." He's like, "There's, there's a million things that I can look outwardly and be grateful for." Um, to touch on the the actual accident, he said, uh, "For me, I, I know God didn't choose for it to happen. It wasn't His decision. He didn't just take her away from me. Um, it was a mistake." He said, also, I know that uh, my daughter's not missing me. He believes he's, that she's in heaven, um, that she's you know, rocking in the afterlife. She's not thinking, oh, I want my mum and dad. She's just up there just doing her thing. And he goes, for me, that's, that's a really big um, bit of peace. But even at the funeral, he was like there were 4,000 people either uh, there or tuned in. And he said, man, we just wanted to make it a celebration for her life. He's like, I decided that the moment that it happened, that I was going to use this as an opportunity to to really explore my faith, and he goes, I can say not only do I believe it, but also um, uh, people around me have been like, oh, okay, there's something special going on. And dude, uh, I, I've seen so many Christians that I look at, and this says more about me than them. And you're like, uh, I mean, that's like a really corny style of faith that yeah, what you just want a new car, you want more money, you want whatever. I'm like, okay, that's but then you look at this guy and he's been through the trenches and he's come out the other side and he's like, hey, I'm unscathed. And you're like, ah, all right. If there's an argument for God, that seems to be a pretty good one. Um, and it is, <laughs> it's is—it's really interesting, isn't it? That's a bit of a ramble just to, to uh, uh, sort of highlight the point that you made about just the ability to, to tune into a more positive story that's taking place. Because even in the... The nightmare that's his story he he had the ability to pause and and do what you said, and I, th- I thought that was like a really powerful example. It's at the forefront of my mind when we talk about this stuff?
1: I mean, just right now, and you you have told me this, and it's a good example of you know repetition is a good thing because <laughs> it didn't it didn't touch me as deeply as you know so now just as you're telling the story about Nick and his family? I'm, I'm overwhelmed with whatever that is. I and mean, I feel it. You know, just the, the joy, the power, his determination, the courage that he had, his dedication that he had. It says so much about, not just about Nick, but about humans, of what we can do. And, and that's what's amazing. I, I know, I, I don't know, but I know how many people he's influenced including you, and now even me. You know, like that energy that he's put out, that he got, you know, from his own, the people who touched him. Just that this thing that we're talking about is so powerful. And so, I mean, there's so many words, but powerful is a good word, to give us peace. And to know that our quote unquote enemy, whatever it is that wants to bring us down and think that it's all over and think that we can't do it. And all the, all the ones that come up like that. We're a match for And we don't mm-hmm. just have to dream that. We can look in the real world at the Knicks. You know, just the, those people. This today, I sat down at the gym. I was at the gym too before, before uh, I came here. And I was pedaling away, and the guy sits down. And, I don't know, I'm talking to God. So I started to talk to him, and he was in, somehow I learned that he was in the service about the same time that uh, that I would have been, you know, in Vietnam. He did eight years. Uh, and he, I don't know how it happened, blah, 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 but anyway, he told me he has leukemia. I go, whoa, wow. And I looked up at him, and he had a big smile on his face. He said, but it's okay. I'm doing good. I'm getting great treatment. I don't have the worst kind. It was just It's just beautiful to see human beings with what you would think would take them down. And, it, and it, it's not that it's that simple. It's not a switch. You know, I'm sure Nick had to do his prayers and stay connected to God and to not allow those demonic voices to, that wanted to drag him down because he had them. They showed up. That's Maybe that's one of the worst tragedies that you can have, like you said losing a child and somehow he was willing, able, committed enough to stay connected to what he knew was the truth and the higher part, the higher power, God, that he could not be dragged down and continue to go up. It's just that everyone who's listening go, oh, how could I use Nick? You know, as a, as a mentor. Yeah. Thank you, Nick.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true.
1: No
0: it's interesting, man. I often think this. I can't remember your age. I'm going to guess that it's 76 or maybe 70, 76. I want to lock in. Unbelievable. 76. Yeah, good, Bingo. good. I was thinking. So, I, I good, thought you said job, you were 70. I thought you said you were 75 last year when we caught up in person. Can you believe that was yeah. a year ago? By the way, Bert, I was talking to Jess about that last night, and it, it it wasn't quite a year ago. It was nine months. But I mean, we're we're pushing it now. Right. Um, right. 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 It's interesting though. Like it's it's funny when you meet someone like yourself. Like you're you're very young at heart, and you look young. And I wonder whether it's a. I mean, the beard the beard adds a couple of years just because it says wisdom. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and
1: I say that thank, with nothing but love. Thank you, thank you very much, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: um, it's interesting that you. I, I say that because one thing that I notice, or one thing that I have noticed, not only my myself, but people around you, and we've talked about this a, a little bit before is is naturally uh or maybe unnaturally i'm not sure when you get older a lot of people start to fall into like a more cynical mindset and i see i'm in a i'm in a, a population here where the average age is probably around your age but but people aren't going to the gym still this is i mean there's a few exceptions to the rule i've got a mate mo and he's about 74 every morning he's on his bike riding up and down here it looks great but okay. it, it's interesting to me uh I guess this sort of just further digs down into what we're talking about. There's some element of youth that stays with people when they're aware of this mental element of of their being, but also the physical element of their being. And I know that you're a big fan of the bike riding and you're still keeping healthy in the gym and things like that. Is that a conscious thing to you uh, as an investment into actually just feeling good? What's the reason behind you going to the gym? Because for me, I love going because it keeps me fit and strong. I love that. But I also love the idea that at 36... I look at myself and I go, okay, when I'm 76, I want to be like you. I want to be able to rock around. I want to be able to be fit. I want to be able to be healthy. And I also notice how much hap- happier I am when I'm working out consistently. So, I mean, you just mentioned that you were there. So I was curious to find out why it is that you are, you've got that part of your routine locked in as well.
1: So um, I'm a very, 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 very fortunate human being. I, my daddy, Michael Gershader, Maurice Michael Gershader, whose parents are immigrants from Russia. They fled Russia. They didn't leave Russia to go on vacation. They fled it because as Jews, there were pogroms and they were killing them. You know, literally that was it. At the turn of the century, it was going on for years. So they said, we can't live anymore, so we're not gonna survive. So my my dad was was a child of those people who came here. And I know you're asking me about working out. Somehow or another, my dad, in his, in his life, when he was bored, figured out he was a jock. And he loved to do stuff. And he played handball and basketball and golf and tennis. and Whatever he did, he was just a jock. We saw a lot of pictures of him on teams, you know, stuff like that. So when I woke up in the morning, my dad, and I can't thank him enough because he came from this place of hell. Of tragedy. That's what his parents experienced. Somehow he came to America, get, literally, we say, God bless America, because he was free. And he learned to do this. Every morning he he would wake up and when he was making his coffee, he was doing calisthenics. Deep knee bend, doing that. So I was, thank God, I was raised by a guy who somehow figured out, despite everything and his culture had been He wants to take care of himself. Thank you, Daddy. I thank him every time I get on a pair of skis. You know, just, he took us to the mountains. And I thank him just looking at the mountains. We now we moved to a town where you can look out your window and see the mountains covered with snow.
0: It's a beautiful so, town. Yeah. Ben, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah I, I yeah, wish I, I could it. move there.
1: I, I love that place. Oh, it's so beautiful. So when you ask me, how did I do it? I was blessed to have a to have a daddy who dedicated his life to that. And and when he was probably about my age, he went to the doctor and he said, "I can't hardly walk. I can't play tennis anymore." And the doctor said, uh, "So they did an evaluation, a preoperative pre-op evaluation, like they always do." I just had one the other day for for a surgery, and after it came back and the doctor, the surgeon said, you know, you've had, uh, you had a heart attack and at your age, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm nervous about doing any kind of surgery. you. And my daddy said, you know, if, I, if I don't, uh, if I can't play tennis, I don't want to live. He was 76, 77 years old. But he said, okay, you know, you can sign off on it. And, you know, I, I knew the risk and, uh, and then he would call me every once in a while in recovery. And he was having his knee replaced. Uh, he said, yeah, I'm out hitting golf balls right now. Don't tell mom. You know, because he, he he wasn't supposed to be doing that yet. And literally at eighty two years old, he's played tennis. He served, his team was winning, he had a heart attack and died. On the court. On the court. just touching you know he just he never quit he kept on playing you know I wrote a poem for his funeral to say I was winning five to two or something like that I just want to acknowledge that he never he never quit he just kept on going so I was really blessed to come into this world with a father who was so inspirational and and then so so there's that but there's also like you were talking about I can wake up in the morning with the worst thoughts just like everybody else. What am I doing? I'm a jerk. One of my favorite ones is that person's mad at me. Oh, I love that one. You know, somebody's mad. I remember somebody. you told me this before, yeah. Yeah, you know, somebody's mad, you know, who, whoever it is, it's just clicks in. The, the driver behind me, you know, he's mad at me. Or my wife is mad. What, what does it doesn't make any difference. It's just an old tape that I run, you know. I'm glad at this point I can become aware of it. You go, oh, there I go again. Right? There you go again. But one of the things that's guaranteed to to ease all that, just pushing myself and getting into another part of my brain, another part of my body. And it just it's literally like like a medicine, you know, that does it. I've got this new workout. There's a machine that they invented it's for cross-country skiers. You don't have to be a cross-country skier, but it's like double poles it's cables. I don't know if you ever see it. Have you seen it? Yeah, we've
0: got it at our gym, but we need those because the snow's uh, very
1: average around where we are. <laughs> yeah. So, so literally, I, you know, I've been getting on it. And besides just doing it, I go for these. What's what's it called in running? Is it it's called fartlek or something like that? Where you, yeah you like speed, speed play. It, yep. Yeah, yeah. So I've been doing speed play on that. You know, so I go for thirty seconds as hard as I can, just screaming and yelling, and perspiring and stuff like that. But after a after morning like that, I don't know what, I, I'm just happy. <laughs> so, so there's something about cleaning out the body and cleaning out the mind that, that we get from moving our body intensely. And then I also take yoga classes where I do the opposite of that. I just slow it down, you know, and stretch. So, look, that's a big part of us: our body. And if we just sit on it, we're not treating it as well as it needs to be treated been a good journey keeping it going and you're in
0: a good part of the world for it as well i know i just said i love bend and i mean i said i wish i could move there the truth is i I could if i really wanted to i love i'm torn because i love where i live as well um But i mean honestly one of the highlights of oregon for me was was when we drove up for the day to see you guys and i was shocked because i'd heard good things about bend and then we got there and i was like oh my goodness it's like a it's like a I, i don't know if you call it a less woke version of portland <laughs> with better scenery, wow. but it's, wow. it's so wow. it's so beautiful. Oh. Like I uh, I remember being there, and a, a way to my heart Bert, is serving good coffee. And I think upon arrival in Bend, we stopped off at a cafe. I can't remember what it was called, and we got served one of the best coffees we had in America. And I said, okay, there's something special about this town. And then I started to see a few of the bikes on the trails. I started to see some of the uh, the nature and everything there. How long have you been there for now? Two years.
1: Little over two years. Yeah, we, we lived it, in Flagstaff. Um, yeah. Well, that's so we right. lived in Flagstaff, just people. Know lived in Flagstaff, Arizona, which is the people, some people consider that the running capital of the world, even. You know what I mean? Some people consider it that. It's at 7,000 feet. Uh, and people come from all over the world to train. To, to. When I got there, there were 15,000 people. And when I left, there's, you know, 90 or something like that because it's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful place. And then my daughter called me from bed and she said, The house behind us is for sale. We knew the house. So, literally, we, after 50 years in Flagstaff, we, we bought it the next day. It's kind, of, it's kind of crazy time, you know. And I told people forever, I'd never leave Flagstaff. I'll die here. So, we don't always know <laughs> <laughs> what, we're, what we're doing, right? We don't know. Because, you know different things come up so the reason the reason we came to them I guess there're multiple but really to be grandparents because they, they had some challenges you know as parents and we fit fed into you know fit into their life and literally this is really I don't know it's so wild they live we took the fence down between the houses and we take them to school so they come out their door. We stand on the back porch. They hold hands, the two daughters, they're nine and they're six. They skip down the hill. We're singing at them, they're sh- shouting at them. They're smiling. And they come up on the porch and we all hug. And then we get in the car and literally we sing songs all the way to school. Just songs, Christmas songs, row, row, row your boat. Who knows what it is? <laughs> <laughs> and we just are laughing the entire time. So I don't know. You know, how things going in bed? I, I don't know. But I know that this this little little life that we have, we pinch ourselves every time it happens. We go, is this really our life? We get to be singing songs on the way to school with our grandchildren. Just a, just a lot of good fortune. And then just on top of that, like you said, just seems like these like people came here because it's a beautiful place. It's it's, it's a be- So so for my my two years here, little over two years, just been a just been a blessing. You know, you you got a dose of it, and it's yeah. really nice. And I just yeah, it's just a. And with that said, it doesn't make, you know. We can be in heaven in some physical place. We still have to deal every day with, with our with our mind and our brain that, that doesn't care about heaven. You know, I, I can be driving. I could. I I could be driving. You know, and seeing the most beautiful view in the world, and all these negative thoughts are there. You know, so it's like it's not like we can do anything that's going to turn off that switch. So now we're back to what you were talking about. What we were talking about is like. How do you just know that that's part of our deal? How do you you manage the ongoing negative thoughts and darkness so we can literally be so joyful and just pleased that we're here? But But it is, as a runner, it is a practice, it's a discipline.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's true. You said you were um, in the gym as a waiter, and I can't agree more about just to touch on what you said earlier. One of the best antidotes to anxiety and stress is that real intense exercise. And I got a taste for that because I, since I last spoke to you, but I decided I'm going to run the Melbourne marathon this year, which is six months away. So I haven't been, I haven't been competing at a high level or um, training specifically or with any real structure, but I've been doing right. something every day, whether it's yoga, running gym, I, I'll do something. And, uh, one of the things that I noticed and that I loved was getting back out there and just going out and I did a couple of just hard sessions where I might have done like six by a K with a minute recovery or we call it a monofartlek, a speed play. Mon is yeah. an Australian yeah. distance runner. Yeah, you might know that session. Um, yeah. And to get to the end and to be like hands on your knees, really working hard, 15 minutes after that, I'm like, I feel fantastic. So that's been, that's been incredible. Um, I feel like the best rush for me is that aerobic or that anaerobic kind of workout. I feel even better after a running session than I do after a gym session. Um, And you mentioned that, that workout that you're doing on the uh, the cross country ski machine. Amazing. Are you still
1: getting out on the bike? So it's been winter here, you know, so I'm not that great and we've had it. We've had plenty of snow. So I haven't been out, but just the other day I took the bike in for the tune up and, uh, Starting next week, I'll be out on the bike every day and do it, just do it more. But I, the thing that I, just like you, it's really easy for me. Cause I've got, and we, we all, as we get older, you know, th- different things in our body, you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not a young athlete. Like, you know, I've got two artificial knees and an artificial hip and two shoulders that probably should be artificial. <laughs> and then, so, 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 I mean, I, I, you know, I have to be, I have to be patient, you know, with myself. On the other hand, pushing myself like I've been doing. It's heaven. And as long as we can do it in a way that isn't hurting our body, it's heaven. So so the anaerobic stuff is there's there's definitely something magic about that, to push yourself for and then that that part like, you know, to, to just to push and then to rest and to push and to rest. So it's it's, it's really been heaven for me. So I'm looking forward to getting on the bike probably in a few days that just, you know, I'll get it from the shop and go out and, uh, push, you know, and I for... do like, and I do like being outside. There's no question.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I feel like the, the, the thing I love, oh, one thing that tears me up is I'm about, what am I about? Like a mile and a half, two miles, mile and a half from my gym. And some days I walk there in the sunshine cause we've got, like i wish you could be here Bert. like i wish you could see it just across the road from us we've got all this bushland and in the middle of all the bushland it's a a a dirt trail they call it lover's track and lover's track it's unbelievable so it's just um uh, like real australian coastal kind of it's like a postcard essentially i look at it and i go like you i can't believe i can't believe this is where we live but there's a, a track lover's track and i walk up there and then half the half the time, I walk to the gym. I go, I don't, I don't want to go inside to the gym because this is just—it's <laughs> too nice. Like I feel like the exposure to the sun is another one that I've got a real appreciation for lately. And I'm not sure what what it's like in the states, but Australians are are obsessed with uh, skin health, and I guess rightly so because skin cancers are sort of through the yeah, roof over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's so strange that um, I, I find it hard to wrap <laughs> my head around how it could be bad for you because it's so unbelievable when you're out there in it. So sometimes I'm halfway to the sun. I'm like sure, halfway to the gym, walking in the sun, Gone. I, I can't believe this is bad. I don't want to go inside. Like how do you go? Do you have a preference for working out? Obviously uh, what I'm trying to say is it's a two-for-one deal. If I feel good when I just work out at the gym, I feel double good when I've done a hard workout and I've copped a bit of sunshine and a little bit of the elements being outside on a trail I love.
1: So, yeah, no, it's, 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 <laughs> it's love talking to you. Because I mean, it's it's sort of one of life's life's big challenges, you know. Right? How do you deal with the sun, which which is which could kill you, and they I mean, also could keep you keep you going, you know, forever? Because if we didn't have the sun, we wouldn't be alive, right? You know. And so, how do you appreciate it, but also protect yourself from it? I, I think it's you know, if we're sensitive and we get get skin cancer, I've had a few skin cancers, nothing too serious. So being outside is heaven for me. You know, and I I probably have not been as careful as I could be. But I know people who are extremely careful and still get it. So I I don't know. Being outside is, you know, in in my practice, I'm a counselor. You know, that's a big part of what I do. Early on, I say to people, what's your, because I want to know what their spiritual life is. Because if I don't know, that could be a a huge part of how they're going to get better, right? And so so I always ask them. You know, so what's your spiritual life? Tell me, tell me about it. At least half the people say, my spiritual life is when I'm outside in nature. That's, that's it for me. Because it's at, at that place, you actually get to see the miracles. You get to see the wonder. You get to see the beauty that's, they're miracles. You know, we get to see miracles we're out right there. And when we take that in, it, it transforms us. So it's mm. just something, just to, so... Back to the sunshine, there are many cultures who worship it, right? That was one of their gods, the sun. I'm not suggesting that, but I think we ought to just appreciate it to get out there and just be outside and feel the air and feel the wind and feel our feet on the trails just to soak it in bless blessing. I can't – you got to send me a picture of that.
0: The track. Trail. I will. I will, Bert. I will. When I hang I will. Up, I'll, I'll try and find a good one because it's one of those ones that, uh, and and I mean, a picture tells a thousand words, but standing on the hill tells a million. <laughs> so if you ever get the chance, Bert, you've got to come and stay with it. So I can, uh, I'll take you wow. for a walk down Lover's Track. <laughs> and oh. You've got to be careful who you walk down there with because you get some questionable <laughs> eyes when you tell people or tag it <laughs> on Instagram as, as where
1: you are. Lo- but, lover's um, Track, huh?
0: Lovers' track, yeah, but it's it's nice as well. And to to touch on what you said about being outside, like one thing I love doing on that track because you can. Uh, I mean, you have got to be careful because, like, there's there's quite a few snakes out there. I, I my neighbour was oh, telling wow. me the other day, uh, people wow. would love to lean into this stereotype of Australia. I'm terrified of snakes. I very rarely see them. But apparently our town it has six different kinds of snakes and every every snake that our town has is one of the ones that kills you. <laughs> and, uh, are, are you serious? Are you serious? Really, really. But um, oh, wow. so, so Lovers Track, it, it sounds funny as well because I feel like one of the things that uh, I noticed a lot in America was people half joking but half serious would say to me, oh, I could never go to Australia, like I'm scared of snakes. I'm like, no, no. I'm scared of snakes like I'm and thank God I, I very rarely see them but um I mean I mean that's the rent that's the skin cancer equivalent of the sun you can live here but you got to know that there's a few dangerous things around but at the right time of the year that I feel like even I'm hyping it up it's it's not that bad I've seen one snake in the whole time I've been here and that was because a car out the front ran it over and the lady came in and asked if I had a shovel and I didn't so I had to go outside and <laughs> that, just that was go it back and forth over it but um this track that I was telling you about, like the next level up is like just getting your shoes off and actually like the idea of grounding or the idea of actually just letting your feet hit the dirt is something that I've really learned to appreciate. I don't have any evidence or any sources to back it up, but I've read that um, uh, uh, I think it's to do with inflammation, but I think it's got to do with there's some weird interchange that happens when your bare feet hit the, the, um, the raw earth. And I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, oh. what it was explained and uh, i wish i could give you a little more detail because i sound like i'm just doing some bro science right now but uh, i i notice whenever I, I try and do this each morning if it's not bucketing down with rain and the the chickens haven't pooed too much i'll just go out in the backyard and i'll i'll go for a bit of a wander because we've got quite a big backyard out here like a lot of grass um at the back we've got our chicken coop so i'll go find the eggs i'll feed the chickens and it's just a nice way to start the day and i don't know I mean, what it ba- is ba- about barefoot?
1: is it barefoot? barefoot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I, I love it. Like there's something that just feels good about that. And you look like the ultimate hippie, especially if you're walking from where I am all the way to the gym uh, because not that many people do it. But it's oh, wow. it's this unreal feeling. And I've tried to read like read into it a little bit more. Uh, obviously, the the lack of what I can tell you shows I probably need to retain a bit more or read more still. Um, yeah. But I was going to ask you if you'd ever been into that because I know like it. In certain parts of the Bible, you'll have a prophet, you'll have a leader, and they'll take off their shoes because they recognise they're standing on holy ground. And I mean, if you want to boil that down, I guess I, I, I guess there's a lot of holy ground. Uh, maybe a lot of that's got to do with attitude as well. And for me, it's almost like a, a recognition that, yeah, sure, like I'm, I'm I'm created by God to enjoy all this, but the ground that I'm working on is uh, walking on is also created by God. And there's this weird interconnection in my mind that takes place where I'm like, ah, this is this is how things were made to, made to be like, this is what humans were created for. Um, it, I, I, I guess I don't really know what I'm trying to say. I think I'm asking you a question, but, but does that, does that hit any chord with you, Bert? Cause for me, this barefoot walking and, and just being outside has been a, a huge part of my, uh, uh, my practice or my, um, you know, my enjoyment, the last 12, 18
1: months. It's, it's really interesting that you, you put those two words together, enjoyment and practice, you know, just that. Part of my enjoyment, part of my practice. What a beautiful thing, huh? That that's, it gives you so much joy. So a few things, one is our daughter, Jenny, we've got three kids. She's an outdoor, shoes off, just maniac. I mean, just beautiful to watch. And she Like on the coldest days in the winter, she'll also jump in the stream just to be connected at that level. And she'll get in the dirt and just wallow in the dirt. It's really, I mean, it's really, and her experience is exactly what you're talking. I've never done it quite like that. One of my dearest friends, one of my friends in Flagstaff, comes from a family that's very, very, very outdoors. And he did something that's kind of memorable then, but back in his day, its I think it's 60 miles to Grand Canyon. He walked there barefoot, you know? And I, I think actually naked too, because he was two to the trails and stuff like that. Covered himself up. But but that's a memorable thing. And people who know the outdoors and Flagstaff know about, you know, our buddy. And that's what he did. And he did it barefoot. And what we know is that, you know, tribal people, that's what they did. You know, it wasn't like they wore Nikes. You know, there's something about being connected to the earth. So it's it's really cool that you have found a way. And we all find our way. Some people do it through music. Mm. To find that. Yeah, so, you know, like, I was, I was in getting some coffee the other day, and I was standing next to a guy in the middle of wintertime, and he was wearing shorts and flip-flops. And I go, what the hell, man? What are you What are you doing? <laughs> he said, I just came back from the river. I, I took a swim in the river. Yeah, sort of like my dog. It was a really a cool conversation. He said, I get something out of that that I can't get any other place. You know, that cold weather. And I said, well, I, don't, I haven't done that yet, but I did take a cold shower. This morning, and he said, Oh, I'm going to bow down to you. You know, it was just beautiful, you know, to share our, our cold water experiences, you know, to do yeah. that. And I think it's kind of just as you're listening, just going, everybody has our place that we find this joy. I know I, when I'm actually cross country skiing, shooting across the hills and gliding and using my whole body, there's joy. But it's more it, joy is joys a good word because that's a that's a beautiful high it's beyond happy you know you just feel deeply connected and ecstatic in a way and mm. there are ways in, and you said when you walk on the on the dirt something happens right that somehow brings you a peace so when we so this is like the i don't know if there'd be the antidote but there are ways we find ways to bring Bring that high into our life, that joy into our life. That's really, it's accessible to us all, to bring the sunshine into our life. Yeah, 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 literally, literally. No, literally, isn't that something? Just literally, how to bring the sunshine into our lives. And it does, it does. Unless we really want it, it to happen. It's just so easy to take all the miracles for granted. And there's so many of them, we could never count
0: them. That's very true. It's interesting right. you
1: bumped into that at that guy at the uh, the cafe.
0: These cold water plungers are very popular at the moment. I, I remember a few years ago, I don't know, like do you have memories of 10 or 15 years ago, these ice baths being a popular thing? I, I don't, and I don't know whether it's just because I wasn't aware of it, but my Instagram feed now is just filled with, like yesterday, there's a guy called Dennis Armfield. He used to play like at a high level of, Uh, football, uh, Aussie rules football over here. And I saw he was at day 106 of the 12 month challenge to just do an ice plunge every day. And I thought, Oh, that's really cool. But then uh, I was watching, there's this girl I like on, on YouTube. Her name is Yana Yinton. And I think she's in, I want to say Sweden. She lives in like a village in Sweden. She'd be about 28. uh, And there's nothing in her town. I, I, for anyone listening, I recommend you check out this, this chick's channel. She's got, about 5 million subscribers. She's like wow. a stunning girl, like in a really unique kind of way. But she wow. she makes like everything that we're talking about. So she's a, a filmmaker, but she'll, she'll go out and she's just really, really in tune with nature. So And one thing that she does is each winter she'll go and cut a hole in the ice uh, at the lake just down the road from her. And she says that it's her welcome to winter because for a long time she used to hate the cold months. But for her, the, the idea of going, okay, winter's here. Uh, I'm going to fully immerse, my, like literally immerse myself in it as like a welcome. And that was part of her practice. And she talked about some of the benefits of that and what she likes about it. But then uh, what I like about it, she also, to, to go even deeper on what we're speaking about, she's really big on painting. But rather than just buying paint, she'll go out and she'll pick her natural blueberries and she'll get some stones and some sand and some mud. Oh. And then she'll create the actual pigment and she'll create the actual... Uh, foundation of the paints out of the environment around her. And for her, that's her thing. And I was, as I was watching, I was like, it's such a an interesting approach to painting, but I fully appreciated what she's doing because I'm like, yeah, I love the idea of being barefoot. People love the idea of submerging themselves in water. This chick loves yeah. taking elements of nature and putting it on a canvas. And I thought, isn't it interesting, like the, just to echo your point uh, or to put an exclamation point uh, uh, next to it, is we've all got our thing. We've all got our thing. And, and there's something about it. Uh, that stands out like there's a reason she's got 5 million people following it not only is she great with the film and storytelling but I think something that she's doing is is like resonating with so many more people who might not get the chance or haven't structured that into their own life
1: oh, so good. I mean she is just to sort of look at this everything we're talking about she's there are people like Nick and there are people like this woman and we're so blessed you well know, they're like the archetypes literally the archetypes you know they're they symbolize whatever it is they're doing. You I mean, Nick is able to overcome the biggest tragedy you can have, and to still be joyful. And and this blessed woman, she goes out and dubs herself in ice and does these things, and we can and they become inspiration. Then we can go, oh, what can I do? You know, <laughs> exactly. what can I do? And the, you know, the, the, the fellow who is next to me in the coffee shop. I mean, he just. We get, we do, we, we, uh, we've got two jobs, I mean, not two jobs, but like each one of us, at some level, one of our jobs is to inspire other people, whoever that is, just by doing what we do. And the other is to appreciate where we get our inspiration from and keep on learning on this journey. Cause the journey is, is never, we don't reach there. We just keep on learning along the way. I think you, you had yeah. mentioned something about my learning, you know, every morning. It's just cool for me. You know, and for each one of us, they'll, oh, I can learn something new today. And that, 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 that's one of my hops, for sure. You know, if I were to think, what's one of the things that I do besides working out regularly? Just to read something and to learn something every day to keep my mind and my spirit going. Each one of us finds some way to literally keep our, our candle, our spark, right? To yeah. keep it shining. And we're all yeah. unique. Everyone's, every one of us is, we're different birds, right? And that's uh, our differences. Somebody I heard recently said, the thing that human beings have most in common are our differences. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Isn't that wild? You know, and I, <laughs> and I think one of the ways, literally, you know, it's, it's it's a little different topic, but one of the ways that we can it's so so easy for people who are different for a judgment to come out which is just another another one of our negative thoughts right just another judgment. but but to when we can literally appreciate differences that makes us higher too you know oh they're different than me they think but still they they got a heart they got a soul and to appreciate that it's one of the ways that one of the ways as 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 i would say a culture today that we get stuck into negativity. Uh, it sounds simple, but the news is designed to take us to negativity. And in the past five years of my life, I, I literally just stopped watching. And people say, some people, they have to But I also don't want to spend that much time in my day learning about every bad thing that happened in the world. Because then I'll come out of that time talking about every bad thing that happened in the world. And then I'll go to sleep thinking, so I I think, you know, for me, it's one of the things I've done is just to clean up because I get too sensitive and I take it in. I think there there are ways that each one of us can think about how do I, all the different ways I can, like we talked about ways to identify negative thoughts and then to go in other directions. And then we talked about how do we go into the beautiful places and walk in the dirt, dirt and have joy. So we're both how do we add the joy, but how do we decrease the negativity? It's an ongoing deal. It's not just a one-way
0: deal. No. Yeah, I
1: wanted
0: to share that part. Of it. Like, that you get, that moving, you get yeah. It. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, I understand. Like, the the getting addicted to the news, I think, is a huge thing. That's one thing I struggle with as well. I don't watch it either. And I, I don't watch it because, for me, it was, yeah, for a long time, it was a, a wrestle between, like, okay, no, you need to stay informed. But then it's like, why Why do I have to stay informed on these seven stories that I've been told to be informed about and the only thing that it was doing for me was making me uh, slightly more versed. So if I went out with someone and they raised it to me, I could talk to them about it with like a little more awareness of what they were saying. But apart from that, was I, was I doing anything to change it? No. Was I, was I making any huge changes? Like there was nothing that I was doing differently apart from feeling, feeling negative for, for watching a new story. Um, yeah, it was It's very strange. And yet like I, I I'd love to know the numbers, but I know I know CNN. I don't know what it's like with Fox News over in the states, but I know podcasts have have started to become like Joe Rogan. I, I don't know if you know Joe Rogan. Oh, he's, absolutely.
1: absolutely, yeah, he's got the
0: biggest podcast in yeah. the world, and a reason I'm a big fan of his. And the reason for that is he he'll he'll speak to anyone for for a long period of time, and he'll ask difficult questions, and he'll challenge the norm, and he he's not being paid by anyone, as far as we know, Um Whereas, like, you get a Fox, you get a CNN, uh, you get the equivalents here in Australia, and you just know before they say anything what their opinion on everything's going to be, and, and you understand that. And, Bert, this has been crazy to watch. I don't know if you've been following the Elon Musk takeover of, of Twitter, but one thing not, that he's done... Not, no, uh, This is one thing. So I say, I say don't follow the news, but I've been, I've been sucker punched by this story. Um, one thing that's so interesting about him is on twitter which was a very sort of um like progress far far left leaning thing that that it, it was very narrow uh what what could be spoken about on the platform essentially there was like a a, a bias which was heavily favored towards like the democrat to use american political parties yeah, yeah. and and was a little hostile towards uh republicans i mean there's there's so many uh, examples to to back that up that's just not i, I couldn't care <laughs> but right. uh, what's so interesting is with uh, like NPR with ABC News, over here with SBS News, when you go to their website now, what Elon's done is he's told you who's funding that particular organization. He's gone through the process. So now NPR has left Twitter because underneath it, it says government-funded media. And what's so crazy about that is wow. all of a sudden you, it, I feel like it reveals some of their their true colors. Wow. You go, okay, well, if this is heavily wow. government-funded media, then like are the opinions that they're saying their, their own opinions because they claim to be independent journalists, but how independent can you be for governments, <laughs> the one that's just, no, just right. paying you the money? And, and as a result, they left Twitter because they didn't want to have that title. But even if you go to their website, no. it says, okay, yeah, we're partially government funded. Um, so I say all this to say like it, it's interesting with the news that you get. Part of the reason that I'm not that into it is because I, I question like who's pushing that message behind it and and why is it that we're getting these stories cuz you listen to the main news stories over there over here uh, and they're all the, they're the same six stories like this one says oh uh, Donald Trump's bad this one says Donald Trump's good this one says blah 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 and it's it's interesting if it's that independent you would think that there'd be a few unique stories coming out of that rather than everyone just sort of blowing the trumpet
1: to the same one absolutely no, no it's it's interesting cuz i i think about well, if you think about that everything is put, puts out a vibration. Every person puts out a vibration. We we put out a vibration. When somebody walks in the room, you can tell their vibration. We're animals. We feel it. We know it. Some people are more sensitive to that. Some people can articulate it better. But I remember taking my daughter, who I now live next to, uh, in, in Ben, uh, I was taking her to school. And for whatever reason, I had Rush Limbaugh on, and, uh, he was shouting about something, and or just and, and she came into the car. Just the vibration of it said, "Daddy, turn that off." He's very sensitive. So when you watch the news in general, if you just feel the vibration, forget about the words. It's not the vibration that you know. We we're talking about things before about about the miracles and the and this you know and the sun and just the joy and stuff like that. It's a different it's a different vibration that comes out of the news. And now, because, and you probably, maybe you notice this, I know now that I haven't been watching it, when I come into a room and it's not, I can literally, the vibration doesn't work for me. Like it feels I don't know if toxic is the right word, but it but it has a negative vibration that I, I can tell. Forget about the content. Just the vibration itself I'm sensitive to. Is that the vibration? You know, we were talking about all these things. It's, it's, it's sort of neat to, to sort of put these things together. All these ways that we, clean up our lives so we have less negativity in our life and more positivity and more awe. I love that word, awe. More awe. And in that direction, you don't, you, you don't move toward awe. And I, I, I heard recently from a wise fellow, he said, you know, we ought, we ought to at least get awe into our life at, at least once a day. You know, that feeling of, oh, this is so far beyond anything I could even know and appreciate. It just sends me to where it ever sends me, to some transcendent place. That to me, you know, to talk about that to people, even just talking about it to you right now puts me in a, a whole different vibration. I mean, can you get a sense of that just as I talk about it you know, right now? Oh, I, oh, yeah, for
0: sure. And I, I, I yeah. think of, uh, I was actually thinking whenever I go over to the water, part of that is because you go over and you look at the bay and it's monstrous and you can't help be like, okay, wow. Like that's, yeah. that's gigantic. Like I definitely appreciate yeah. what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I just, we we I, you know, it's, you end up talking about the news and you're kind of stuck in a negative topic, <laughs> but, but <laughs> then to talk about, why are we even talking about it? The reason I'm talking about it is because I want to do less, less of that vibration and more of the other vibration and bring that into our world. My wife and I have you an eight it. o'clock rule before eight o'clock. We don't talk about anything too business-like and after I like we don't. So, so we don't cloud up our, you know, our, our mornings and our evenings with that vibration. That's all.
0: A, such a good idea. It's such yeah, a good no, idea. It's... Well, Bert, well, it's definitely noticeable. Part of the reason I love talking to you is because is exactly what you're bringing to the table is, uh, is that love, that, that vibration, that, that real good energy. Um, doesn't matter what way you explain it, wh- whatever spirituality you're from. I mean, it's a, it's a compliment. So, Thanks for being here, Bert. I, uh, I'm going to let you go because I know it's it's pushing dinner time over there and uh, I'm sure you've got something delicious coming up your way. So, I, uh, I mean, I've eaten there, that's why I say that with confidence. <laughs>
1: <That's>
0: <laughs> I won't uh, interrupt yeah, that, but yeah. man, it's it's so good to see you again. I, uh, I, I feel like we always start and end the conversation by saying, hey, it's been too long, let's not leave it that long. And then the next conversation starts that way. So, uh, but nonetheless, whenever we catch up, it's always a uh, it's always a massive plus for me. And uh, yeah, I know the I know the listeners will be feeling the same way. So thanks
1: for being here, Bert. Uh, it's been a pleasure. What a complete joy! One more time. God willing, we'll have many more. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Awesome, Bert. We'll see you soon. All right. See you later, everybody. Take care. Yeah.